This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Tremendous Trifles by G. K. Chesterton. Chapter 6 An Accident. Some time ago I wrote in these columns an article called The Extraordinary Cabman. I am now in a position to contribute my experience of a still more extraordinary cab. The extraordinary thing about the cab was that it did not like me. It threw me out violently in the middle of the strand. If my friends who read the daily news are as romantic and as rich as I take them to be, I presume that this experience is not uncommon. I suppose that they are all being thrown out of cabs all over London. Still, as there are some people, virginal and remote from the world, who have not yet had this luxurious experience, I will give a short account of the psychology of myself when my handsome cab ran into the side of a motor omnibus, and I hope heard it. I do not need to dwell on the essential romance of the handsome cab, that one really noble modern thing which our age, when it is judged, will gravely put beside the Parthenon. It is really modern in that it is both secret and swift. My particular handsome cab was modern in these two respects. It was also very modern in the fact that it came to grief. But it is also English. It is not to be found abroad. It belongs to a beautiful romantic country where nearly everybody is pretending to be richer than they are and acting as if they were. It is comfortable, and yet it is reckless and that combination is the very soul of England. But although I had always realized all these good qualities in a handsome cab, I had not experienced all the possibilities, or, as the moderns put it, all the aspects of that vehicle. My enunciation of the merits of a handsome cab had been always made when it was the right way up. Let me therefore explain how I felt when I fell out of a handsome cab for the first and I am happy to believe the last time. Polycrates threw one ring into the sea to propitiate the fates. I have thrown one handsome cab into the sea, if you will excuse a rather violent metaphor, and the fates are, I am quite sure, propitiated, though I am told they do not like to be told so. I was driving yesterday afternoon in a handsome cab down one of the sloping streets into the Strand, reading one of my own admirable articles with continual pleasure and still more continual surprise, when the horse fell forward, scrambled a moment, and on the scraping stones staggered to his feet again, and went forward. The horses in my cabs often do this, and I have learned to enjoy my own articles at any angle of the vehicle. So I did not see anything at all odd about the way the horse went on again. But I saw it suddenly in the faces of all the people on the pavement. They were all turned towards me, and they were all struck with fear suddenly, as if with a white flame out of the sky. And one man half ran out into the road, with a movement of the elbow, as if warding off a blow, and tried to stop the horse. Then I knew that the reins were lost, and the next moment the horse was like a living thunderbolt. I tried to describe things exactly as they seemed to me, Many details I may have missed or misstated. Many details may have, so to speak, gone mad in the race down the road. 
I remember that I once called one of my experiences narrated in this paper a fragment of fact. This is, at any rate, a fragment of fact. No fact could possibly be more fragmentary than the sort of fact that I expected to be at the bottom of that street. I believe in preaching to the converted, for I have generally found that the converted do not understand their own religion. Thus I have always urged in this paper that democracy has a deeper meaning than democrats understand, that is, that common and popular things, proverbs and ordinary sayings, always have something in them unrealized by most who repeat them. Here is one. We have all heard about the man who is in a momentary danger and who sees the whole of his life pass before him in a moment. In the cold, literal, and common sense of words, this is obviously a thundering lie. Nobody can pretend that in an accident or a mortal crisis he elaborately remembered all the tickets he had ever taken to Wimbledon, or all the times he had ever passed the brown bread and butter. But in those few moments, while my cab was tearing toward the traffic of the Strand, I discovered that there is a truth behind this phrase, as there is behind all popular phrases. I did really have in that short and shrieking period a rapid succession of a number of fundamental points of view. I had, so to speak, about five religions in almost as many seconds. My first religion was pure paganism, which among sincere men is more shortly described as extreme fear. Then there succeeded a state of mind which is quite real, but for which no proper name has ever been found. The ancients called it Stoicism, and I think it must be what some German lunatics mean, if they mean anything, when they talk about pessimism. It wasn't empty and an open acceptance of the thing that happens, as if one had got beyond the value of it. And then, curiously enough, came a strong contrary feeling that things mattered very much indeed, and yet that they were something more than tragic. It was a feeling, not that life was unimportant, but that life was much too important ever to be anything but life. I hope that this was Christianity. At any rate, it occurred at the moment when we went crash into the omnibus. It seemed to me that the handsome cab simply turned over on top of me like an enormous hood or hat. I then found myself crawling out from underneath it in attitudes so undignified that they must have added enormously to the great cause to which the Anti-Puritan League and I have recently dedicated ourselves. I mean the cause of the pleasures of the people. As to my demeanor, when I emerged, I have two confessions to make, and they are both made merely in the interests of mental science. The first is that, whereas I had been in a quite pious frame of mind the moment before the collision, when I got to my feet and found I had got off with a cut or two, I began, like St. Peter, to curse and swear. A man offered me newspaper or something that I had dropped. I can distinctly remember consigning the paper to a state of irremediable spiritual ruin. I am very sorry for this now, and I apologize both to the man and to the paper. I have not the least idea what was the meaning of this unnatural anger. I mention it as a psychological confession. It was immediately followed by extreme hilarity, and I made so many silly jokes to the policeman that he disgraced himself by continual laughter before all the little boys in the street, who had hitherto taken him seriously. There is one other odd thing about the matter, which I also mention, as a curiosity of the human brain, or a deficiency of brain.
At intervals about every three minutes I kept on reminding the policeman that I had not paid the cabman, and that I hoped he would not lose his money. He said it would be all right, and the man would appear. But it was not until about a half an hour afterwards that it suddenly struck me, with a shock intolerable, that the man might conceivably have lost more than half a crown, that he had been in danger as well as I. I had instinctively regarded the cabman as something uplifted, above accidents, a god. I immediately made inquiries, and I am happy to say that they seemed to have been unnecessary. But henceforward I shall always understand, with a darker and more delicate charity, those who take the tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and neglect the weightier matters of the law. I shall remember how I was once really tortured with owing half a crown to a man who might have been dead. Some admirable men in white coats at the Charing Cross Hospital tied up my small injury, and I went out again into the Strand. I felt upon me even a kind of unnatural youth. I hungered for something untried. So, to open a new chapter in my life, I got into a handsome cab. The End of Chapter 6